welcome back to Freedom by Design. My name is Chris and I am the owner of Femme Collective Studio, a brand and web design studio for wedding professionals around the world. So thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be with me. Like always, I do not edit this podcast, so you'll hear intro music and outro music and that's it. Everything else is done in one take. So we just keep our fingers crossed that I don't stumble too badly over my words, but really I just want to show you that it's okay to show up just as you are. You don't need to change anything about yourself. You don't need to be perfect at speaking or showing up or be an expert at XYZ. You're enough just as you are to show up and provide value. All right. So today's a fun one. So what got me thinking was I am working towards having a new contract done and I love reading other people's contracts so much and all of my design friends we share contracts with each other and just make sure that we're we're all covered on um on every way that we possibly can be covered and what I mean what I mean by that is you can tell how someone's been burned in the past based on what's in their contract right because most of us starting out do not have the money to pay a professional for a contract at least I didn't um and I wish that I had prioritized it sooner but truly when I first started out it was something that almost stopped me from creating my business and I wish that I wish that I had just gone for it anyway but I do wish that I had invested in it sooner I will say that so anyway I'm going through stuff for my contract and I know that I need to be trying not to miss anything or different loopholes I need to find in my current contract that we need to resolve all that good stuff right so as I'm thinking about this I thought hey I have to I I was going to say film. I have to record a podcast tomorrow. Why don't I do it about client red flags? I think that'll be a great one. So I asked a couple people um, and I have a little list and I'll probably, you know me by this point, I'll go off on tangents about it, um, but we'll see how much of the list I can get through. So the reason why I want to talk about red flags and why they're so important is because it's all about when you can identify people that are not for you. Now I'm speaking specifically to creatives that are service providers. So my web prof- or my web and design professionals or my wedding pros, I basically talk to both designers and wedding pros, so photographers, videographers, um, florists. So if you're listening and you're a service provider, this is a good one for you. When we can identify those red flags of people that are not for us, it's it just makes life so much easier. And I know, here's the fine line and the reality of the situation, right? We all have bills to pay. <laughs> so I have been there and, and sometimes there's emergencies, right? There's random shit that pops up into your life and all of a sudden now you have to pay for it. I get that and I get needing to... How do I phrase this? I get needing to just make ends meet that month and therefore taking on whomever. There are so many different scenarios for this. Something random pops up and you need extra cash. So you take on someone that you may not um, may not be perfectly aligned with your ideal client, right? An ideal client is starting to become a trigger word for people, I think, because it's used so much. But you know what I'm talking about. You know, the people that you wish that you could work with all the time. Um, and so that's one example. Another example is having a team. So I am just starting out with building my team and finding the right people and, um, and building it from the ground up. Right. And so there is absolutely that added pressure of, okay, now it's not just me and my family that I'm providing for. Now I need to make sure we are getting booked enough to support another person. Right. So there are so many different reasons for booking people that may not be the, the dream project 100% of the time, and that's okay. So before someone comes for me about that, I wanted to address that. But what I wanted to talk about is 
I can honestly say I'm finally, and Femme Collective Studio as a whole, my studio is finally getting to the point where we are booking just the most amazing, perfect clients for us every single time. Wow, that we would do anything for our clients. We just love them to pieces. I can't even say enough. I'm going to get emotional if I keep talking about how much we love them. Um, they're just, they're just amazing. So we got to that point through a lot of hardships and trial and error and figuring things out. But the biggest thing was being able to identify these red flags and then set the appropriate boundaries. Now the hard truth, and this sucks, but it's so true. The hardest truth is, is when I learned, let's say I had a couple difficult clients and I found them difficult for whatever reason. Maybe they were going on vacations without saying something, or maybe they were, um, I don't know, anything that you've probably experienced with clients. You're not getting quick enough response times or they're not quite explaining what they want. So you're not on the same page. There's so many different things, right? But the, the moment I was able to step back out of that and I realized that over 90% of that could be fixed from me on my end and that it wasn't their fault and it was my fault that they were having the experience they were having, that hit really hard and it took a minute for me to be able to swallow that, process it and actually move forward in a way that was constructive for everybody um, because it's so, our businesses are our babies, right? And so when we're having a struggle throughout a project for whatever reason, it's so easy for us to say, oh, they're just being difficult. Or why are they being so rude? Or why why is this happening? Where why where is the disconnect coming from? It's so easy to automatically blame them behind the scenes. And I'm just this is just real talk, you guys. I know you guys are doing it too. I know it's happened. Um, so for anyone that's listening, saying you know, oh that's awful. It's you're emotionally tied to your business. You can't help it. But I I want to encourage you to take a step back. And let's walk through these red flags here. Hopefully they can help some of you create better boundaries um, and just create either filling in those gaps in your contract or um, just those gaps in your process to make it easier so that more clients have the opportunity to work with you because now we can offer our services to a lot more, like a, a, a much broader audience And still have them be our quote unquote dream clients to work with because our end is sorted out. Do you know what I mean? All right. That was really long winded, but I wanted to explain why this is so important. So let's start with my first one. This is a fun one. Feel free to laugh and roll your eyes through this because we've all dealt with this. So this will be like a therapy session for all of us. So the first one is a DM, right? Nothing against DMs. I DM my clients all the time, love them, great way to communicate. But you open up your DMs, you're having a good day, and then you get like 15 different, how much for a logo? How much for an illustration? Or or my favorite is when it's very blunt, like super, super blunt, and it's, hey, I'm price shopping, and they list out the other designers or the other photographers, if you're a photographer or videographer, they list out all of your your the people that you are very familiar with in your industry. And they're like, so so-and-so offers this and this. So-and-so offers this and this. So-and-so offers this and this. What are you going to offer? Do you know what I mean? So it's almost like a competition. And I fell into that trap a lot when I first started. You've got bills to pay. I had bills to pay. We all get it. And sometimes you just need that extra income, Right. So I just want to caution against that because it's such a quick race to the bottom. So quick. So what I was doing is if if they'd say, okay, well, so-and-so is offering me this for this much, right? And I was so desperate to work with anyone when I first started out. I was like, okay, well, all right, let me shave off this much money and let me provide this much more and let me see what else I can do. And at the end of the day, I ended up broke 
right? Because you're not breaking even in your business or you're barely breaking even and not having any profit at all. Stressed out of my mind because I was offering them so much more than I ever um, should have been for that price point, right? So it's just a real quick race to the bottom and a real quick race to being anxious and overwhelmed and just not understanding how to move forward in your business, right? So let's try to avoid that. And here's a couple boundaries that I put in place right off the bat. So when I first started seeking mentorship and I was researching, you know, what everybody else was doing, there is a weird line between showing your services and being super transparent at what they cost as far as like showing your pricing on your website, for example, um, and not. Now, half of the people that I've mentored with, so who have mentored me, have said absolutely do not ever show your pricing on your website because then what if someone wants to pay more or what if someone would pay more? That's one camp, right? The other camp is absolutely you have to show your pricing because why why would you want to get an inquiry from someone that has a budget of 500 when your project would be 5000 right so those are the two kind of different camps now there's a lot of gray area in between and i do a mix of both right so we have um we have we do a lot of custom work everything we do is completely custom really in house But what we do have is on our website, kind of clear packages. And I will be the first to say, I will be experimenting with this. So we do have clear packages right now. um, And that's working out really well. And we have a baseline and then very clear boundaries of what is included in that baseline. So if someone comes to us saying we would like the brand and web suite, That's a full rebrand, a full, completely custom illustrations, custom website, all of that good stuff. But it only comes with a limited number of things, right? So it's only a certain amount of illustrations. It's only a certain amount of logos and submarks. It's only a certain amount of pages on a website. It does not include a shop, all of that stuff, right? So anything more than that costs an additional amount. Now... I will say this, we still work with um, businesses that reach out and are needing to have a completely custom experience with a lot of additional pages on their website, a Shopify, all of that stuff. Um, And that costs more, of course. So that's what we do. But my my biggest tip um, and how to set boundaries for that would be If someone's reaching out to you saying, how much for this? Or I'm price shopping. Boundary number one, have at least, if you're not going to have them on your website, at least have your baseline um, and your packages outlined for yourself so that you can share that information with them when they reach out to you, right? So you want to at least make sure that you have an idea um, of what your baseline would be so that you're setting that boundary and you're not going lower than that. So you know, if I charge less than this, I am not going to be turning a profit or I am not going to be turning the profit that I want to, right? So regardless of what camp you're in, just make sure that somewhere you have that boundary for yourself, even if no one is seeing it. So if you are the kind of business where people reach out to you, everything's totally custom and the pricing is unique, for every single project. Totally cool, but just make sure to make it easier on yourself to not scramble for, okay, what am I going to charge them? Just have an idea ready for the type, uh, different types of projects. Does that make sense? All right, boundary number two. We, we, my studio, Femme Collective Studio, um, we have a very hard boundary with we work with clients that want to work with us. That sounds like, well, no kidding. So does everybody else. But what I mean by that is we specifically know that when someone's price shopping, that we are not their people. We can't serve them best, right? 
Because at the end of the day, now that we've built up the business enough and I get having to pay bills, but now that we are past that point and finally able to be more selective with who we're working with, we want to work with the women that are head over heels for our business. They have looked, they have taken the time to look through our Instagram highlights, our Instagram reels, our stories. They have commented on our posts before. They really get us. They get our voice and they're coming to us specifically because they feel that connection, right? So these are not the kind of clients that just DM us asking for a price without saying, hello, how are you getting to know us as a team? They have already done their homework. That's the kind of people that we choose to work with. So right off the bat, we as we as a studio have that boundary of, okay, well, most likely this is not going to be a person for us. So what we do in that case is we have a, a template message ready to go. And then, of course, we customize it per the person reaching out. Um, we certainly don't want to be robotic about it, but it saves time absolutely to have a baseline, right? So we've got that little template to work off of. And it basically says, you know, thank you so much for reaching out. We really appreciate it. And then we encourage you to look through this, this, and this of our work. Um, This is where you can clearly see our process and um, our past clients, all of that stuff. And then um, our pricing as well. Now, when we eventually, or if we ever eventually don't have our pricing, then we would say something along the lines of like, um, each of our clients, we, you know, we specialize in offering a custom experience for each of our clients and all of our clients are so different and have such different needs that we highly recommend hopping on a clarity call with us or whatever you want to call it, design call, whatever, um, hopping on a call with us to talk it through and then we'll send over a proposal based on your unique needs, right? So there's multiple different ways to go about it, but it's just setting that other boundary of do your homework, (laughs) you know, requiring them to do their research, requiring them to hop on a call with you to see if you're a right fit, all of that good stuff. Um, So that's the other boundary that we set there when someone's asking about prices. Um, the, The next, the third boundary that we set about about pricing is really just when people start saying, well, okay, your brand suite is this much and your web suite is this much. If I take one illustration off of the brand suite and one page off of the web suite, can you reduce the price to this? You know what I mean? And they start kind of bargaining with you. We don't do that either. Did I do that to start? Yeah, because I needed to make ends meet and I wasn't getting the inquiries yet. So if you're at that point, girl, I hear you. I feel you. I understand you. Do what you need to do to make that money. And I am not here to judge that at all because I have been there and I have done that. I'm just saying when you're ready to start like really, really booking clients that you love, love, love working with and you're finally at that place where you can start rejecting people. It's the biggest game changer for your business. I promise you. It is the best thing that you can do to finally start attracting the right people, right? So just saying, um, oh, I I wanted to mention this too. I lost my train of thought. I apologize. But I wanted to mention this too. We also have a list of I guess just another boundary we have is a list of fellow designers that are of all different um, backgrounds. They offer different things. They're different price points and all of that. But I provide a list of different designers to people that say we are too much money, that they're not able to afford our services yet. Um, Because again, if they're not going to book with us, they're going to book with someone else. So why not help them out, right? We're not here to be judging them that they're not seeing the value in our services. Um, That's their journey and that's cool, right? But what we do is we provide a list of fellow designers that we know and love and trust um, that can provide them potentially either a, um, a cheaper service 
that came out wrong. I don't mean it cheaper as in not as good. I just mean financially less money. Um, they may be more affordable is what I should have said. And, or they might even be more expensive, but they might just click with that designer better and see the value in that package and book with them instead. You never know. So I recommend having a list of fellow people because I've heard time and time and again that that's so appreciated. And if we can help someone, good, right? All right. So the next boundary is, let me think. Yeah. So free exposure. That's, I can't, will you do this service for me, XYZ, for free, and I'll talk you up? No. (laughs) Period. The answer is no. Always no. Exposure does not pay your bills. It does not pay your bills. If you are absolutely, um, interested in it, then do your thing. No judgment. But honestly, just keep in mind doing when you're doing exposure. If they had a big enough audience, right? If they had a big enough audience to make a difference in your business, okay? They would be able to afford your services and they would be paying you for them. Okay, so they clearly don't have a big enough audience to make a difference for your business in the first place. So that exposure that they're talking about is not going to be worth it. All right, so business owners value other business owners. Okay, So just keep that in mind when someone is asking for something for free and they're offering exposure, it's just because they don't either see the value in your service, therefore you don't want to work with them anyway, or they don't have the funds to do it and they're looking for a way to get something for free. Okay? So if you do... If you do end up exchanging something for free, just truly, truly, truly sign a contract with exact specifications of what you're going to be providing them so that that project doesn't go out of scope. And three months later, you're not ending up doing a million other things when you thought that you were signing on to do one logo, right? So just be careful with that. You want to be super specific. So if it's for a brand, how many logos, how many illustrations? Are you sourcing the font? Are they providing the font to you? Are they providing the colors or are you providing the colors? How many rounds of revisions? Be as specific as you possibly can and never do that without a contract, okay? Um, Now the next thing would be If you, if you really like what they offer as a business and you're in need of that yourself, you can absolutely do a trade, right? I am now of the camp where I like to just pay the person what their service is and they pay me for what mine is. And if that happens to be you know, 5,000 each, then it's just an exchange of 5,000. And that sounds silly, but there's a lot of psychology behind that too. And everyone just feels better about the process because I'm paying them. This is just an example. If I'm paying them 5,000 to do something, um, or even 500 to do something, then I'm going through their process. They're booking me through whatever client process they have. And then I'm doing that for them right? And it's just this kind of, it's still an even exchange, but we're following all the rules and regulations of being normal clients for each other, okay? And that helps those lines not blur. However, if you're just starting out, I have done many, many, many trades that have worked out very well, and a couple that have not. (laughs) So I, for example, um, I have traded 
several design aspects for brand shoots um, because photography is very expensive as it should be. Um, there's so much work that goes into it, you guys, and not just the session, but the editing after and the client process and all of that. There's so much that goes into it. Um, however, when I first started out, I wasn't getting enough clients to be able to afford a full branding session, right? So I reached out to several photographers and I said, Hey, I am interested in a brand session. This is exactly what I'm looking for. This is how many photos I'm looking for, how long of a session, all the details. And this is what I would be willing to provide in exchange. Do you feel this would be a fair trade and are, is it something that you're interested in? Now, many said no. Um, and then a photographer came along that I absolutely love and adore. And she's just, I love her to pieces. And um, she's become a big part of my life now doing our engagement shoot and our wedding shoot, all that stuff. But anyway, so she reached out to me and said, hey, I would love to do a website with you. Just I can't afford it yet. So we were able to do exchanges, right? Um, so I actually did an exchange for her for our our wedding and our engagement shoot. So there are absolutely things to be traded and it can be amazing. Just make sure that you're on the same page and you both agree truly deep down and you've had that really hard conversation of, do you feel this is of equal value? Okay. And then make it a contract. There absolutely needs to be a contract, 100%. Um, So there are people that I've heard say trading should never be a thing. I disagree with that. I think there's many different ways that it can be an amazing thing. And we're all here to help each other out, right? The reason why it has such a negative connotation is because those boundaries aren't set in place. So just make sure, again, you're super honest. You both feel it's of equal value truly. Um, and then you're signing a contract and nothing is out of scope of what is in that contract. And if there's anything out of scope, then what's in that contract, then money is exchanged. Okay. Um, so that would be my tip there. All right, let's see. Let's look at this list here. Um, okay. So number three was I started, oh, I started the design for you. Can you finish it for me? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard that one. Um, yeah, that's a no for my studio for yours. It may be different. Um, or for photographers or videographers, maybe it's someone reaching out to you saying, Hey, I want, I want my session done in this style and it's not your style. It's not your signature style and what you're known for. Um, then it's totally up to you. But if someone reaches out, and that's not something that you're interested in. Um, our studio is known, sorry, my phone's going off. Our studio is known for doing everything in-house. Completely custom illustrations are done by our hands. We're not purchasing them externally. Um, so that's something that we are so known for. And we don't typically, on the rare occasion we will, if there are a referral, but we, we hardly ever do just websites because we believe so strongly in our conversion rates that we have with our clients and we've built that foundation from the brand strategy. So we typically do their their brand and then go all the way through to their website. So by that point, we know them inside and out and we know the heart of their business and we've developed everything off of a strategy that's actually going to sell for them. So we just say a very polite, um, if they're reaching out and saying, hey, I've done part of it already, or I've got, um, I've already got logos. Can you just help me with colors or that kind of thing? We just very politely explain that our studio specializes in fully custom brands. Don't say no to them um, because I've had many hop on a call with me. We always do a, a call. Um, I've had many hop on a call with me and I kind of explain and teach them the value of of a brand because a brand is not a logo and a brand is not colors and a brand is not illustrations. It's this combination of strategy and everything else that goes along with it. So we just explain and try to educate them and teach them. 
And if they say no, then they've left better educated, right? No harm, no foul. If they say yes, great, you've made a sale. Um, Oops. But there's no reason to just give them an outright no. But um, have them, you know, be upfront with them. Tell them your services. Tell them that that's not something that you offer, but you do offer this. Would you like to hop on a call? And if they say no, then great. Here's my list yet yet again. Here's my list of fellow designers and you could reach out to any one of them um, and see if they'd be a better fit for you. So you're ending on a good note. You're ending on a positive note, but you've set that hard boundary of this is what we offer. We don't um, offer anything outside of that. And that's what we do. You can do whatever you feel like. Okay. Um, next up, sorry, these aren't, these aren't in any particular order. You guys, I'm just reading down the list. Uh, these two kind of go together though. Can you have this done by tomorrow or I need it done on a tight timeline? Um, so this happens a lot and I found it happens for two different reasons, at least with the people that we've worked with. It's either one, a, someone that is just starting out, or this is their first time that they're working with a studio on whatever it is, whether it's brand or web design, right? Um, And they just don't understand all of the work that goes into it, okay? So that boundary is just setting up a clarity call with them and talking them through the process, which you should be doing anyway. So um, if if someone's reaching out saying, hey, I've got a super quick turnaround time, just let them know all right, let's hop on a call. Let's talk through the project. We need to know the project scope, um, what all is going to be included. And then if it's a service that you're, you're normally offering, like a package that you offer, then you're just explaining, okay, this is our timeline. If that's cool with you, awesome. If not, here's my list of people that you can reach out to. Or it's someone that's in the business. They are working their butt off. They are launching something really big. Um, And therefore, they're coming to you because they know you are an expert. And therefore, they're just saying, I've got a tight turnaround time. I I trust you. Can we make this happen? And then that's on you to say yes or no on what feels good and what's going on in your life right now um, and all of that. So that's up to you to set that boundary for if you want to accept that project or reject that project. But have a price in mind, I do, I base it off of a percentage because that's the easiest to give people a quick response and it takes pressure off of me not pulling a number out of my butt. So we actually have in our contract, it says, um, I'm not going to, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not going to read directly off of our contract, but it's essentially saying, you know, expedited timelines are charged an additional X percent right? Um, So that's what I would recommend. I would recommend setting that in your brain and maybe in your contract so people know that if something is on a tight timeline, because you're going to have to be working for a tight timeline, if you're already booked out, you're going to be working nights, you're going to be working mornings, you're probably going to be working some weekends. And that's a great way of making some extra income. Um, And working with, you know, a top tier client, that's, that can be really exciting, but don't hesitate to say, you know, that's not a realistic timeline. Let's talk about something that's realistic. Let's talk about this is what's realistic. This is what that would look like. Or sure, we can meet that deadline, but this is what's going to have to come off of the scope, right? Because there's that triangle. If you're picturing a triangle in your head, it can't be high quality, cheap, and fast, (laughs) right? It can only be two of those things. So if it's going to be cheap and high quality, it's going to take, it's going to be, you know, not a good idea for you. Um, If it's going to be cheap and fast, the quality is going to go way down. You know what I mean? So you can kind of see you can't have all those things. So they need to be charged more. Um, So just have that kind of number or that range in your head and write that down for all of the different scenarios you can think of. And it seems a little bit silly to be writing stuff down like that for things that haven't even happened to you yet. 
But I promise you that way when you have when you have someone come across your table that's saying, hey, I need a brand, but I need it done in like three days, right? It's possible, but it means working around the clock or it means outsourcing or it means this, that, and the other thing, whatever that looks like for you. You can absolutely write down, okay, well, this is what you would charge. That way you aren't feeling pressured into a decision because of the quick turnaround time. All right. Okay. Um, oh, this is a great one. Oh, thank you so much for asking this. Can you do something that looks exactly like dot, dot, dot? No, period. This goes across the board, you guys. You should never be copying anyone. And you want to be really careful about where your inspiration is coming from. And of course, there are only there's only so many ways to do certain poses for photos, or there's only so many ways to draw a leaf for a logo. And I get that, but just be incredibly respectful and incredibly careful about what your process looks like, where you're getting your inspiration and setting a super hard boundary with your clients. If you're having people make Pinterest boards, for example, that's really popular. If you're having people make Pinterest boards, make sure upfront that they know that their brand is not going to look exactly like anything on that board because it shouldn't, okay? Or if someone is giving you, again, for my wedding pros, if someone is giving you an exact picture of a bouquet, you should not be replicating that exact thing because that's someone else's artistry. That's someone else's time and education and talent wrapped up into their project, okay? So... Hard boundaries all around with that one. Be very careful of where you're getting your inspiration from. Um, I don't like having my clients pin logos that they like personally um, because it makes, it sets expectations. So it's a lot of this and making your, your clients' lives easier and communication with them easier and just the process overall easier is managing expectations. So you don't want them, I personally wouldn't want them pinning something, just like one logo and then a website. And they're expecting the outcome to be like those things. When maybe those things may look pretty, but they're not strategic to what's going to sell for them. Or they want it to look so much like that, that they're losing themselves in it. Or (laughs) they see themselves in it. Therefore, they've kind of transplanted their heart and their soul and their mind onto that particular design, whatever it may be. And whatever you give them will never be good enough because it's not that design. So you can see all of these different avenues for your clients getting upset with you or um, miscommunications or borderline copyright infringement, all of that stuff. So you guys just be very, very careful around that subject. And we just, whenever we have someone reach out to us, it's certainly not a red flag in the sense of, no, we're not working with you. We just explain, absolutely, share your inspiration with us. Um, We love to hop on calls and and we'll explain um, because modern to them may not mean modern to you, right? So we just explain modern to you might not mean modern to us. Let's, or boho to you might not mean boho to us. Let's walk through. If you have a Pinterest board or a mood board, let's walk through what that looks like. Do you like this color palette? Um, what about this? Did you like, why did you pin this? Um, oh, did you like this illustration like subject or did you like the style that it's done in so that we can have a better description of what we're going off of? But we're managing that expectation of just so you know, we do not copy anything. We want it to be unique to you. And as soon as you start coming from that angle of of really showing them the value, because they've come to us, right, as a design studio, they've come to us paying us really good money because they've either DIY'd before or they've bought templates before or they've bought illustrations off creative market before. Um and they're actually looking for something more custom, right? So yeah, that's how I would walk through that. Uh, next red flag. Let me see. 
not having a clear idea of what they want. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So typically, now that we have the ability, and this is a hard-earned, hard, hard-earned thing to say, um, but now that we have the opportunity to be able to decline certain inquiries that come our way that aren't our perfect fit, um, this happens much, much, much less often because our the clients that we aim to work with have a clear idea of what they're looking for. Um, but if you are working with someone that doesn't have a clear idea, my recommendation would be to catch it super early. So you want to make sure that you're setting up your process to be as clear with them as possible. Okay. So the first thing would be hopping on the call with them, the initial call and talking through whether that be your sales call. So at the beginning, beginning of whether or not they're going to book with you, um, feel them out on that call. The first time you're ever talking, you should be feeling them out to see if it's even something that's in your style, right? Or something, because if you, the reality of the situation is if I were working with chefs, for example, we would have, our portfolio would look completely different, but because we're working with wedding industry pros and designers, um, our portfolio looks a certain way. So we want to be really careful with who we're working with and what their expectations are of what they want so that I know right off the bat whether or not to tell them to book with us or not, right? Um, whether I'm steering them towards a towards working with us or if I'm steering them towards here's my list of fellow designers. Um, so be very upfront with them. Ask them what they're looking for. If they're hemming and hawing and not really able to articulate it well, that's a first red flag in your mind about that. Um, and then feel free to ask for any inspiration that they have. How we do it is we'll, we'll do the, the initial call first, whether the, when they're deciding whether or not to book with us. And then after they've booked with us, we walk through a mood board and we walk through what they like, um, on, you know, whatever outlet that they've chosen to have some inspiration on. And the reason we do that is because it allows them to walk through, each subject. So we actually go through every single, if they were to create a Pinterest board, for example, I will sit there on the call with them and go through each one. So we set that boundary and we limit how many that they have on their Pinterest board. So it's not taking six hours. Um, but I'll basically say pin two of these, pin two of these, pin two of these. (laughs) And then that's, we go through that. That was just an example. Um, but typically their, their mood boards don't, involve any more than 10 to 15 images. That's all it should take. Um, And so we basically walk them through and say, okay, did you pin this or do you have this on a mood board because you like the font style or do you like the way the logo was laid out? And we go through all of those different steps to make sure that when we leave that call, we are on the exact same page. And don't hesitate to reach out to them after that call. If you're rewatching it, uh, I highly recommend recording your calls, by the way. So if you're re-watching it or re-listening to it and thinking, man, I didn't get clarification on this, reach out immediately. I have never had a client say, man, you communicate too much. Um, this is too much. I can't deal with your emails or whatever. Your client is, first of all, paying you to be the expert. So you need to show them, hey, if this is missing, I need you to get me this, this, and this. Second of all, they're they're also you know, going to you because you are able to direct them. So we can't expect everyone to know exactly what they want, but we can get on the same page of what their expectations are, what style of things that they like, what colors they gravitate towards, and then we build the rest off of our um, our experience and their brand strategy that we've built for them, right? So another thing that you can do is in your contract... And throughout your design process, make sure that they understand they are coming to you and understanding that or acknowledging that you are the expert or your studio is the expert. So all of our clients, we hear this on a daily basis, almost to the point where we even need a little bit more direction from them. Um, But we hear, we trust you completely. Do whatever you feel is best. I came to you because I trust you completely. I love your work. That's why I'm hiring you. 
do whatever you feel is best for me. So that's a dream come true, right? For us anyway. Um, But sometimes it's even to the point where we have to say, okay, we so love you and so appreciate that. But can you even just give us an idea of what kind of illustrations you're looking for? Um, So you just clarify when you need to, right? And others, you may have a super clear idea in your head what would work best for them, but it may not be what's in their head. And you just want to make sure that you're getting out whatever's in their head onto paper. You are acknowledging that you hear it and you're repeating it back to them. So, okay, we want these illustrations. So we want these celestial illustrations You are looking for a moon, you are looking for a sun, you are looking for constellations and some stars, and you're wanting them in a kind of vintage tattoo traditional style, right? Super specific. Get as specific with them as possible about that. All right, um, next up. Ghosting. Ghosting is a big one. And unfortunately, even when Even when all the stars align and everything seems perfectly fine, ghosting still sometimes happens. Um, I I did ask this client if I could share this. I'm not going to name names, of course. Um, But I did have a client recently that got into a little accident. She's perfectly fine. Um, And kind of dropped off the face of the planet for a couple days, right? So in our contract, we have a boundary set that we require you to respond back within a certain amount of time. And if you don't, we reserve the right to terminate the project because we have other timelines that we need to tend to. We have multiple projects going on at once. And we, if we don't finish those projects on time, it rolls into other timelines and so on. So anyway, we, we didn't used to have that. And what happened is I ended up having so many projects roll over onto each other and then I would end up stacked with all of my projects and just unable to breathe right Um, but anyway so I had this client and thank you so much girl for letting me talk about this um, who recently had to go to the hospital and again she's perfectly fine um, but she dropped off the planet for a couple days understandably so right (laughs) she was in the hospital that's totally fine but we didn't know that from our end right So we had sent her a message saying, hey girl, per our contract, just clarifying, we do have a little grace period, um, but just know that two things will happen. If you respond back after this email, either one, per our contract, you will have, um, you will need to purchase a timeline extension or we will be terminating the project or there's multiple different things that can happen depending on the severity of it, right? Or if they will pause their, their timeline and then, excuse me, hiccup, they'll, will pause their timeline and then we'll pick back up their timeline at our earliest convenience. So it just depends on the circumstance, um, but we want to make sure that we're protected and setting those boundaries again, right? So she ended up messaging me right back. She actually texted me and said, I'm so sorry, this is what happened. And we said, oh my gosh, don't worry about it. We're here for you. Um, don't stress about this at all. Of course, we're not going to have you pay for a timeline extension. It's not your fault you're in the hospital. So we were able to work around her unique situation. Um, but we've had clients ghost in the past where they're gone on vacation without even saying anything and they're gone for two weeks. Now at the time I didn't have in our contract protecting us that we were able to do anything about it, right? So it led to the client being very upset that we were terminating the project because we hadn't heard from them in weeks um, because that wasn't stated in our contract, right? So it just goes back to setting those expectations with your clients. So set the boundaries and expectations where they know you are expecting a quick turnaround on their end because in turn, they're expecting a quick turnaround on your end. So You want to set those boundaries and you also want to kind of eliminate the opportunity for those that kind of drag their feet and require more revision rounds and all of that to be able to just continually keep the project going when it should have ended weeks ago, months ago, however long ago. Okay. All right. Um, that kind of segues into the next one. 
of can I email you or call you anytime? Um, and this again is with communication. So in our contract and in our welcome guide and on our calls, we explain, of course, don't ghost us, right? We ex- This is when we're expecting you to be responding back to us. Um, and then in that same conversation, we talk about what our communication is to look like. So we actually give them specific examples of what positive feedback and good thoughtful feedback is and what poor feedback is. So poor feedback doesn't all, always mean rude feedback. It, it can also mean not giving enough detail um, or being too wordy. There's, there's a fine line between those. So we just give them a very clear multiple examples of how to give good feedback. Um, we talk to them about it. We make sure we're on the same page. In our contract, again, we're protected against people being rude or nasty or disrespectful, all of that. Um, we can terminate the project because we I do not tolerate my team being treated that way. So there's, there's boundaries that you want to put in place. And again, I know this entire podcast is about boundaries, but I apologize for saying it 50,000 times. Um, but that's what I would recommend doing. So we don't give out our phone numbers because we work with women around the world. So we would be getting calls at four in the morning and I can't have that. Um, I am a grumpy sleeper. If I wake up, beware. So that is kind of the first thing is we don't, we, we absolutely do not give out our cell phone number whenever humanly possible. Um, and then we keep all of our communications to emails forms through Dubsado, our client management platform, um, or Insta DM when necessary, that kind of thing. So everything is documented. And then all of our client calls are recorded so that, first of all, so that I can focus on the client and listen to what they're saying and process it without scrambling to take notes. Also, so I don't forget anything. Um, But also as insurance, right? So we can state back to them, you know, if they're all of a sudden doing a 180 and saying this, that, and the other thing that are negative, or all of a sudden, I don't like this design, then you can say, I'm so sorry, that's crazy. And then you can send them that call and say, we didn't get that impression because this is what you were saying through your forms. This was the feedback you gave us, all of that sort of thing. Um, thankfully, we've never had that happen, but I have heard that happening to other design studios. So, um, that's just kind of three different ways that we're, we're supporting ourselves there. All right, let's do one more. I'm just looking for a good one. Okay. Um, all right. So this one says that the first design draft wasn't your best. There's a couple different ways I can interpret this. I'm going to assume one way. I'm assuming that I I have had this happen. So this is the direction I'm going to go in with this. I have had someone say, um, you know, this is this is beautiful, but I I really think, you know, tell me what tell me what works best. But I think that this, that, or the other thing could be tweaked. And they just are continuing to say, but like, but I trust you, but this is what you do, what you you think works best. And you're sitting there thinking, girl, I, I, the first round, what we present to you the first time is truly deeply, sincerely, what we feel is best. Any revisions from that are just to make it closer to what you think is best. Does that make sense? So how I would handle that is just from the get-go establishing that they are coming to you as an expert um, and that they are trusting you with all of your design experience and that this is what you do for a living. This is what you're an expert in. Um, That they're coming to you not planning on designing the project themselves, right? They're coming to you because you're taking that off their shoulders, whether that's a brand whether that's illustrations, a website, or whether that's 
video videos or photos, right? They've clearly tried to DIY it before. Um, and you just want to make sure that they're not kind of designing for you throughout the process. So we do a couple things. We, one, establish that we're the experts. Two, that's in our contract. They actually sign something that acknowledges that we are the experts and they're trusting us. Um, Three, we do walkthrough videos of every single design that we send and why we made the decisions that we did because we are educating them. That's part of our core values as a business. We want to educate them so that they're walking away feeling super confident knowing exactly why we made the decisions we did, why their brand looks the way it does, how it's going to work for them um, in conversions and all of that. So they walk away feeling empowered. That's one of our goals. And then we also limit revision rounds as well. So maybe it's just someone that is someone that likes to see all the options, as they say, um, or wants to see one. I I had this happen once, truly, I'm I'm being real. Um, It was 46. This is when I had no boundaries at all. None. It was 46 different. They wanted, they loved the illustration, but they wanted to see 40 dicks, 40, 40 dicks. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get some DMs over that one. They're not seeing 40 dicks. Now I have to label this as explicit. Great. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're welcome. <laughs> deep breath. We're not cutting it out because this is real life. (laughs) I can't wait to hear what my husband has to say about that. 40 different designs. Um, They loved the illustration. They wanted to see 40 different or 46 different uh, typography, like fonts with their name. So I did this massive board. Like you can imagine how long that is. It was the same logo, the same illustration with 46 different fonts. Ugh. When I tell you, that not only confused me, but it confused them. And then it was this whole thing. And we ended up, no joke, using the same font that I sent the first time. So that just goes to show you, limit your revision rounds. And because we didn't do 46 different revision rounds, but we did so many revision rounds that honestly, um, I, it was, I was to the point where I had no idea what else to do. And so I was like, okay, well, at this point, we've already done 30 different fonts. I'm just going to throw on these because these could be good. And then I sent them all to the client at once and it was a hot mess. They were frustrated. I was frustrated and it could have been avoided by saying you have this many revision rounds and it allows them to say, okay, I'm sitting with this. This feels good. Any additional revision rounds you're compensated for, all of that. Um, and it just sets sets that boundary in place so that they're understanding that you're the expert. and But still the flexibility where they can say, okay, well, this first round isn't perfect. Let's tweak it. Let's tweak it. But what offering only a couple revision rounds does is it, one, allows for more thoughtful feedback from them because they can't just say, hey, can we try this? They have to say, they have to think through it before they're responding to you and say, okay, this is what I want. This is why I want it. Um, Let's move forward doing this, this, and this, full well knowing that they're going to have to pay for additional rounds if they go past that point, right? So it gives them the flexibility to experiment with you, um, but it also gives them the boundary of needing to be done in a certain time. All right. So that's the last one. I love that I made it through. This is this is my fourth podcast and I made it through. We're at 59 minutes and 15 seconds. And of course, my first big slip up is 46 dicks. (laughs) I love it. This is my life. This is reality. So hope you enjoyed that one. If you're wondering why this episode is labeled as explicit, because I don't want to be tagged as spam or labeled um I don't want to label it not explicit now because I don't want someone being mad at me (laughs) I don't know I'll ask around and see what I should do about it but I hope you enjoyed it (laughs) 
Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I do honestly hope that this was helpful and clearly a good laugh. Um, but I will be uploading this today and uploading another one that you can tune into next week. So again, just know that you are enough just as you are. Clearly you can show up and stumble over your words. People will still listen and probably get a kick out of it. All right, girl. Thank you so much and have a good one.